1: The situation that we're working with to make sure that we are able to connect people to care is going to save money down the road, but it's going to take years for this system to become mature. And in terms of jobs, we know that there are many people that are going to continue in this system. People will continue to access their same care providers. Nothing is going to change for now.
0: That's Christine Elliott, Health Minister and Deputy Premier, who will be joining us into Hour 3 of the Oakley Show, but uh, announcing earlier today this transformation of the healthcare system in Ontario, uh, and it's Ontario Health. Now that's the simple title of this amalgamated set of separate silos, about 20 agencies really under one umbrella, Ontario Health. Interestingly, she did say it's going to take years for this to mature. I'm going to make you a promise right now. Uh, there will be people kvetching right off the hop that this is a boondoggle. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. I mean, criticism comes with uh, something being, well, not seen as perfect right off the hop. So uh, with that... Caveat in mind. Uh, there are some folks who see this as a great leap forward. Kathy Barrick is amongst them, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario, who's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ms. Barrick, good to have you on board. Hi there.
1: Hi, thanks very much.
0: So, uh, the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario actually is quite bullish on this uh, transformation to the healthcare system in Ontario. Tell me why specifically.
1: Well, I think it's actually something that as a community support service agency, we've actually been saying for years in that the system is very fragmented for, you know, the clients that we deal with and their family members. And a lot of the work that we've done over the years is actually to help people navigate. So I think a system that looks to have a seamless, integrated, coordinated care plan around the patient is, uh, is a good thing.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, this is what Minister Elliott had to say about it. So far as uh, helping people navigate, why should it be incumbent upon people to have to be fending for themselves? The system should be set up so it's user-friendly effectively, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, in the past there's been certain parts of the healthcare system that have embraced that. Um, approach. And again, the Alzheimer's Society has done that, you know, for years in the community working with partners. But I think having it sort of from the very top, as she said, right down to the frontline care in communities, I think um, just makes more sense.
0: So walk me through it, because I don't understand fully uh, not being involved in the system in any way, shape or form, I guess, fortunately. But uh, how does seamless care work? I mean, in a practical way, let's say, from your perspective with the Alzheimer's Society.
1: For example, actually, one of our, well, two of our Alzheimer's societies out in um, Perth County and Huron County actually have have worked hard over the last couple of years with other community support um, services in the area, and they have a centralized intake for seniors. So, as an example of a, a seamless. Um, a system, if a senior needs some support for whatever, they would call a single number. The people at this intake would then decide You know, what's the best community service agency to help them. If it's dementia, they would be sent to us. But the patient has to give information once, the records are transferred seamlessly, um, the referrals are a warm handoff, so nobody really ever gets dropped in the system. So I'm imagining, and again, I only have as much information as the rest of the general public, but I imagine that the big vision of what uh, Minister Elliott is talking about is something like that.
0: All right. And so uh, the bureaucracy functions, you know, in unison, I guess is what you're saying. So it's not siloed.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I mean the the healthcare system is siloed. I mean, I think we do try to work together, but there's you know certain things that sometimes get in the way of that. So to have you know, I sh- you know I keep repeating it, but the seamless um, transfer and sole responsibility really, so that. Um, Someone's got the eye on what that patient needs. I think is is probably the outcome that she's looking for.
0: Again, Kathy Barrick, with a CEO of the Alzheimer Society of Ontario. So, prior to this announcement, and maybe uh, you know, for years leading up to it, did you ever find yourself making a mental note saying the system could be more efficient, streamlined, uh, more patient friendly? All of those things that this now this change is sought to, uh, seeking to address.
1: Yes, for sure, and uh, when Dr. Devlin came out with his report, we again applauded his work in identifying, you know, we've been saying for years that hospitals are not the best place for people with dementia, yet when you look at, um, you know, patients that tend to get stuck in those beds, they are often people with dementia because there's nowhere else for them to go. And so, you know, having a system that can provide support in community um, and or long-term care wherever the, the person needs it. Um, is best so, for sure. On the front lines, we've you know encountered some of the difficulties that have been outlined, and, and that's why we came out today saying we applaud the, uh, the goal of trying to make it uh, better.
0: Did you have any input insofar as uh, the reform is concerned?
1: Not uh, specifically, although the new government has been very receptive to our work and our um, expertise. So we've been meeting with lots of MPPs. We've met with Minister Elliot as well. Um, So, yeah.
0: All right. And so uh, you're confident this will enhance best practices, I'm sure.
1: For sure. And I think, you know, we only serve to gain when as community partners, we're working together across the healthcare system. I'm sure it won't be without bumps. I mean, there's still lots left to to know about how this is all going to work. Um, A big transformation like this comes with, you know, a certain amount of uncertainty. But um, I think the, the end vision is a good one.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Well, there's a lot to know in general terms about uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, the onset of these debilitating uh, afflictions, because I hadn't been aware that uh, increasingly, as our population is aging, so I guess it follows, but uh, there are even people in their 30s and 40s who are suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. It's hitting relatively younger folk these days. What can you tell us about that in terms of the general overview of uh, how... I guess uh, we're making, I, I won't say uh, you know strides in dealing with Alzheimer's, but it's just the whole affliction thing is it's seemingly increasing, is it not?
1: It is increasing, and actually, in the next uh, not too many years, by 2031, um, which is really only 12 years from now, it seems like a long time, uh, the number of people with dementia in Canada is set to double. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, dementia comes with a high cost to the healthcare system if it's not um, supported well in community. Um, And, you know, yes, a lot of it has to do with our aging population. The boomers are getting old all at the same time. Mm. um so that's that's a big uh part of it, but we also have to look at you know prevention strategies and trying to keep people as healthy as possible and at home. People want to age at home as long as possible, and so um, that's that's what we do in terms of younger people um uh, that's always been an issue i think lately um because of the reduced stigma. I think some people are people are talking about it more um so we hear about that more often, but yes most certainly it can it can hit people. Quite young,
0: yeah. You know, and I'm getting periodic updates from the Baycrest Foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, because they stage their annual uh, hockey tournament there with the alumni from the NHL. But uh, they cite well certain breakthroughs on the horizon in treatment. How, how is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the researchers think they're actually getting close to understanding what's happening, and of course, that's the first step to. Uh, to, to curing it, um, I, I would support Baycrest in their efforts, and, and all researchers really. In terms of, uh, we need more money that goes to research to really get to to the to the bottom of this and to be able to uh, to find a cure. Yeah.
0: And by the way, uh, this reform, or I guess the uh, announcement today about a transformation, is that going to result in more money in certain aspects of uh, healthcare treatment?
1: I would assume so. I mean, I think what uh, Minister Elliott is talking about is sort of reducing the, the administrative burden, I guess you could say, or the red tape and bureaucracy that goes with it, and with the full intention that uh, more money is available to, to provide frontline care, which is what, you know, people across Ontario need. Right. Yeah. Even
0: though the naysayers are suggesting uh, that's not going to happen, it's not going to trickle down or get fronted to the people uh, in dire need. But we'll leave that for now. We'll talk to the minister after... Six o'clock. I appreciate your weighing in and telling us the position of the Ontario Alzheimer's Society. Thanks Thank for you for having me. Thank you. Kathy Barrick again is a CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario. On that health note, uh, we will pick it up with uh, the Deputy Premier and Health Minister, uh, Christine Elliott, after six o'clock. After five, we'll be talking to Tom Parkin about last night's by elections, where uh, three by elections maybe much sound and fury signifying very little because at the end of the day while well, Jugmeat broke through he's got a seat now in the house of commons the ndp uh very excited about that i'm thinking another beneficiary is probably andrew Scheer because you do have another progressive voice or alternative to justin trudeau in the house and it's kind of the rule of divide and conquer and uh Although it'll be interesting to see just how much Jagmeet and the NDP resonate a- across the rest of the country because he vehemently came out against pipelines or pipeline development. So, you see, he's working both sides of the room. Quebec doesn't want pipelines coming from the west through the east. Uh, the energies pipeline's a non-starter. Their premier said as much. So they're firmly entrenched in that point of view for the most part. And then he's also got the west coast, Burnaby, which would be the terminus for the pipeline that would, you know, basically just replicate... Uh, the original, you know, and uh, doubling capacity. So he doesn't want any trucker trade with the Trans Mountain thing either. So uh, there's Jugmate. I don't know how that's going to play across the rest of the country. If he thinks he can hang on to something in Quebec and B.C. and carry the day, uh, I think that's wishful thinking. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple
1: Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.